Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphin fans, and welcome into the Thursday, April the 12th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we have some news. Miami adds a veteran linebacker, and the preseason schedule is out. We'll get into both of those. Plus, Twitter trash takes. We'll question the logic on some tweets on Dolphins Twitter. And with just two weeks until draft day, I'll do yet another live seven-round mock draft for the Miami Dolphins using fanspeak.com. But first, before any of that, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a rating, leave me a review once there. Give me a follow on Twitter at Winkfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. We have linebacker pieces up right now, including one on Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, as well as the safeties from last week. We have the draft list, visit list up there as well. And of course, a new piece on the newest Miami Dolphins linebacker, which we'll get to here shortly. And last but not least, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have a busy show today, so let's go ahead and get right into it. That's another Miami Dolphins. And after that frenzy in March where we had news all the time, we've been without news for quite some time now. And that changed on Wednesday. Up first, the Dolphins signed five-year veteran linebacker Terrence Garvin. He comes over from Seattle. He was an undrafted free agent from West Virginia where he played as a box safety in a 3-3-5 defense, kind of a unique defense in that sense. He was signed by Pittsburgh undrafted out of college in 2013 where he earned the admiration of Pittsburgh Steelers special teams coach Keith Butler who said that he thinks that someday Garvin will be a starter in the league. He has that much upside and he earned a little bit of respect that year when he famously broke the Cincinnati Bengals punter Kevin Huber's jaw on a block springing Antonio Brown on a big punt return and then he goes over to the Washington Redskins for a year in 2016 then the Seattle Seahawks in 2017 and now he lands in Miami for the 2018 season. His defensive reps have increased each year each of the last three years coming to a career high at 190 95 reps last season. He's a core special teamer, has a ton of speed sideline to sideline, just a good overall depth linebacker and a very good special team guy the Dolphins can replace Michael Thomas with now in terms of having a special teams ace. So that piece on LockedOnDolphins.com right now has some of his numbers, some gifs of him playing last year, both on special teams and as a linebacker. So check that out, LockedOnDolphins.com. Terrence Garvin, the newest Miami Dolphin. And in the world of who really cares news, the Miami Dolphins preseason schedule for 2018 is out the annual August slate of games that we'll see a little bit of starters in and preseason seems to get worse and worse every year in terms of actually seeing the first teams play but the Dolphins will open the preseason week one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week two the Carolina Panthers week three the Baltimore Ravens week four the Atlanta Falcons those times and dates are not yet set but as you guys know the same thing happens every year the final preseason game is played 10 days prior to your season opener on a Thursday And with the season opener being September the 9th this year, the last preseason game will be August 30th on a Thursday. And then the games before that will be probably August 25th, August 18th, and August 11th if you're going on Saturday. So that's the Dolphins preseason schedule set now. Tampa Bay, Carolina, Baltimore, and the Atlanta Falcons in the final game. And on the picture the social media teams tweeted out with the schedule on it, they use a picture of none other than the number 17, Ryan Tannehill once again. So 
more small potatoes, but the marketing campaign in line with the Dolphins' offseason moves continuing to put Ryan Tannehill as the face of the franchise. So just a fun little nugget there for you guys, and also a fun nugget in terms of the real schedule coming out. I am pretty confident it's coming out next Thursday, April the 19th, and it always comes out the week before the draft. Sometimes it comes out two weeks before the draft, but the last two years it has been the week before the draft, and the last two years it has also been on the Thursday before the draft. And with the way the NFL wants to get everything in prime time, they want to put their their product in the spotlight as much as they possibly can. I am positive it'll be at eight o'clock Eastern on Thursday night, and that's when we get to see all the dates and times and weekly matchups for the Miami Dolphins and. On the podcast, we're actually going to have extensive schedule release coverage, or it should be more available on Twitter, at Wingfield NFL. You guys can follow me there for live leaks of the Dolphins' schedule coming out next Thursday. So we'll have tweets on that and posts up on LockdownDolphins.com. I always tell you guys I don't really have a whole bunch of inside sources. I have a couple of third-hand sources that provide me with information from time to time, but that accuracy is really spotty, so you never really know with that. But I do, however, have a pretty good contact in this industry, so I'll be tweeting out stuff as I hear it next Thursday, April 19th, on schedule release day to let you guys know when and where the Dolphins are playing in 2018. And we have plenty more to come in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, including a live fan speak mock draft and Twitter trash takes at Winkfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. And moving ahead here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, I wanted to try a new segment out just because of all the Twitter interaction we've gotten the last couple of days. And obviously on that Twitter bracket, the, the championship game that brought about a bunch of comments, mostly positive, a few negative, but just wanted to go ahead and take advantage of the opportunity to, to thank you guys all again on that, but also to bring to light some of the less than enjoyable characters to engage with on Twitter. And so I went through and found a couple of old tweets. We're going to try this out. If it sticks, we'll, we'll do it again. If not, we can just bag it one and done. But it's just something that there's so many bad accounts nowadays on Dolphins Twitter that it makes it those few people make it bad for everybody else. And while this isn't necessarily built to call those people out, they certainly helped inspire it. So I wanted to kind of put a twist on it. It's more about bad logic tweets, not like freezing cold takes where I go back years and years and find something that somebody said and bring it back to make them look stupid. Just a tweet that makes very little sense whatsoever, like this one, for instance. And our first one up here is none other than your guys' favorite, George Mack. He is Jordan McGyver at J-O-R-D-S underscore Mack. Vita Vea is probably going to be a dominant run stopper, solid pass rusher who at his size will play around 50% of the snaps and be pretty damn good for one team in the top 15 to 20. However, if that team is Miami, my fan card would be pretty close to being handed in. So he goes on to admit that he is a stellar run defender. He is one of the best interior pass rushers in college football last year, but then he puts a completely random number on his snap count that he'll play in 2018 which is criminally low compared to what Vita Vey is capable of doing so because of that he decides that's going to make him turn his fan card in over all the bad decisions the Dolphins have made in the past drafting the best defensive tackle in this draft class is enough for him to turn his fan card in interesting and trash take number two comes from none other than Professor Lou at Professor Lou one. The difference in standard: Seahawks finished nine and seven, and their brass says nobody is untouchable. Finns finished six and ten, and it's let's give this guy another chance. Now I've seen Professor Lou consistently in the past berate this team for their bad decisions, for bad players, how they need to blow it up. I believe he has an off-season plan that he once had pinned to the top of his Twitter, talking about a way to get rid of all these players that they need to dump and move on to better pastures next year. And that list included some of our star players currently like Ryan Tannehill. I believe he had Cameron Wake on there. Just a bunch of just gutting the entire roster. But in this tweet, he says the Seahawks, who also have gotten rid of Michael Bennett and Richard Sherman this year and Marshawn Lynch a couple years ago, 
yet says the Dolphins aren't willing to get rid of talent when they did a lot of that by getting rid of Jarvis Landry, Lawrence Timmons, Julius Thomas, Mike Pouncey, Jermon Bushrod, all these guys they let go. So I don't see the logic in that tweet either. And I know I said I wanted to keep this logic based, but I had two more tweets that kind of go on the other side of the coin here and just talk about a little bit more long-term things. I just started this, this little, I guess, mini podcast project today and I didn't really put a whole lot of time into looking up past tweets. I just found a couple as soon as I could with a couple of keyword searches on Twitter. But this one comes from an actual national media member or someone that writes for a publication, Eric Galco at Optimum Scouting. You guys probably recall this one. He penned a treat of an article titled Why Jay Cutler is a Short-Term Upgrade Over Ryan Tannehill. And in this article, his logic was that it somehow made Devontae Parker a better player because Jay Cutler was in the lineup. And I think the logic behind that was that Jay Cutler has a bigger arm. Therefore, Devontae Parker would be more of an explosive downfield vertical threat. And this, despite the fact that Tannehill finished second in the NFL on throws 20 plus yards or more in 2016, whereas Jay Cutler was ninth in that regard. And that's according to Jonathan Kinsley's deep ball project from 2016. So Tannehill was better than than Cutler in that one small specific area that he highlighted for the reason why the Dolphins would be better with Cutler than Tannehill. And in 2017, Devontae Parker was 45th out of 45 qualifying wide receivers in passer rating on balls targeted in his direction at 58.7. So hard to have much of a worse for Devontae Par- much worse of a year for Devontae Parker, and hard to have much worse of a year as a quarterback than what Jay Cutler did. So. Again, not a great tweet. And this last one here comes from a ways back, even longer ago than that one, but it reads, I love Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams, but Jay Ajayi and Lamar Miller tandem would rival Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman as best in the league. And that one came from none other than at Wingfield NFL, yours truly. And I said that thinking that I came off a 2016 season thinking that Jay Ajayi was a very, very good player. He ran the ball so well for so many games for the Dolphins that year, had the big games that really helped carry them to victories in those games. But after that season, whatever it was that happened with Jay Ajayi, we've heard about the bad character concerns. Apparently those existed in 2016, just didn't come to a head until 2017 when he was no longer productive. But he was one of the guys that had a really, he had to run a lot of yardage to gain a lot of yardage in the sense that he had a lot of side to side, east to west movement compared to his 2016 form where he was more north to south. But in 2016, just the way he ran that physical, violent mentality, he ran through tackles. He was shifty and spun out of tackles. He had the big gain in his back pocket. And going back to what Lamar Miller was, the Dolphins, his last good year with the Dolphins, I thought that if possibly they could team him up as a free agent coming over, or if they hadn't let him walk in 2017, then that would be a great duo rivaling Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, who I think are the best running back duo in the NFL. So that tweet did not age well. There are plenty out there, I'm sure, from myself as well as others that have ages that didn't tweet quite so that didn't age quite so well, but I just felt like I had to call myself out if I was going to call others out there. So we all have bad tweets. We're all not immune to it. But we move on here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We have a live fan speak mock draft up next. Here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. And we've got one last segment here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast before we get out of here for the Thursday show. And if you guys are new listeners to the program, we did a live draft on fanspeak.com about a month ago, I want to say, before free agency started. And what I did was just went through fanspeak.com and went through a live draft and talked about the players that were up when I picked. I paused it during when the draft wasn't going. So we'll do the same thing here and just go over each of these picks, talk about who's on the board, what the Dolphins could do. And as I've uploaded the mock draft here and I used drafttech.com's big board since I work for DraftTech as the Dolphins insider. So check that out on drafttech.com. But as I load it up here, 
looks like the board has gone not super favorably to the Dolphins, but there is one guy that really sticks out on the board for me here. Makes the pick very obvious. Roquan Smith already went. Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, Quentin Nelson, Denzel Ward all go right in front of the Dolphins as well as Baker Mayfield. So the pick is none other than linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech. His length, his size, his speed, his young age could pair with Raquan McMillan for a long time and hopefully have your two three-down linebackers in both those guys moving forward. So Tremaine Edmonds fixes that big hole at linebacker for the Miami Dolphins at pick number 11. So we've buttoned up the linebacker hole on the roster in the first round, the second round, ticking down now, and the board not playing favorably to the Dolphins. Three wide receivers, Christian Kirk, Anthony Miller, DJ Moore still on the board. Ronnie Harrison, the safety out of Alabama, another very good option there. Cornerback Carlton Davis, defensive lineman Harrison Phillips. There are some options here to look at, but with the running back, Sony Michelle still on the board. I know the Dolphins have been sniffing around this guy for a while now. I know it's not a huge need for the Dolphins, but... It's hard to deny the talent right there. I think he is a first-round draft pick. So if he falls to the pick at number 42, I'm taking running back Sonny Michelle out of Georgia. So not only have we shored up the linebacker position, but we've also added Kenyon Drake's running partner with two young running backs that are going to be cheap for the next two, three years in Miami. So a very good class so far. And as the third round ticks down, this is where there's a really, really tough choice because I have two positions of need and two players that I absolutely love. But because I think this guy's a second-round pick for sure, even though both of them probably are realistically, I think that Jesse Bates, the safety out of Wake Forest, is a better pick than Dallas Goddard out of South Dakota State. I know with Bates, he fits my dime safety need really well. With him and Edmonds kind of being matchup erasers on the defense, I can get much better on defense. I have an explosive back in Sonny Michelle to go with Kenyon Drake. My offense has been rebuilt by my quarterback, so I'm going to get the defender, defensive player out of Wake Forest, safety Jesse Bates, to go with Tremaine Edmonds and Sonny Michelle. Pressing on into the fourth round. Now, the board fell in a way that I hated right in front of my pick here, but there is still a player that I love on the board that I think is also another second-round pick. And the two players that went ahead of me were Luke Falk to the Buffalo Bills and Shaquem Griffin went right in front of me to the Kansas City Chiefs. If I were the run, one run in the draft room, that would never happen. I would just go up and get him right there and bring him off the board and bring him to Miami. But... Right here, I have two choices. The quarterback, Kyle Laletta out of Richmond, but also defensive tackle, BJ Hill out of NC State. I'm going to take a gamble that Laletta makes it for the next eight or so picks before I pick again. I'm going to take BJ Hill out of North Carolina State. I have now shorted up my defensive tackle hole, my linebacker hole, and my dime safety need. So Dolphins getting much better on this draft. Surprise, surprise, Kyle Laletta does last for the eight picks and falls to me in the fourth round. So I wind up getting B.J. Hill and Kyle Laletta in the fourth round. And now I'll have a little bit of a break before the sixth round comes around and back on the clock again. And that sixth round is now up and on my board. It's not really that great looking what's at the top of the board left. But since I haven't addressed the tight end position, I'm going to go ahead and get a big body guy that can hopefully play a little bit in line as well as detached. Tight end from Central Florida, Jordan Akins, joins the team in the sixth round for the Miami Dolphins. And the draft has come to an end. I made my seventh round picks off the air and to kind of give them back to you guys here. So we ended up with Avante Maddox, the slot corner from Pittsburgh. No way he lasts to the seventh round, but most of these guys will not last to the picks I took them at. So it's a fun exercise. And the last pick was tight end Dalton Schultz out of Stanford. He comes over to join my tight end lacking group. And if I have one regret in this draft is that I didn't get to the tight end position earlier, but I just had so many players fall to me at prime spots. I had to go ahead and take them. In my opinion, I have four guys that will give me significant reps this year, a quarterback to groom, and then a couple of guys to develop a tight end as well as slot corner, and then hopefully my long-term kicker too. So I think I nailed this draft class outside of not getting a tight end higher and the fact that I didn't take an offensive lineman. But like I said, the talent is just 
so good. The Dolphins can get by on their aging offensive line this year, especially with the depth they have behind those guys. So I'm not worried about starting to groom guys until next year's draft class. I'll go ahead and go after probably a stronger offensive line class because this year's class is just not that good. And I'm hoping to keep guys like Jawan James around long-term, hopefully Jesse Davis, Laramie Tunzel, our long-term guys as well. So we don't have to address the spots behind Dan Kilgore no, nor Josh Sitton until down the road. So that's my draft class. Tremaine Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Jesse Bates, BJ Hill, Kyle Laletta, Jordan Atkins, Avante Maddox, and Michael Bagley. A pretty good group of incoming rookies for the 2018 season. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the podcast today. We have one more podcast this week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins, and follow our flagship program, at LockedOnNFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out the number one rated blog in the Lockdown Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great Thursday night. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose from Iron Dolphins football.